Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you again, along with Cammie Berthium, our producer, Paul Sadek, our technical producer, coming to you through the relevant Radio 1330 AM studios in Golden Valley. Well, believe it or not, May 1st is Religious Brothers Day, alongside the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, of course, and both shine a light on the gift of masculinity within our church and the unique spiritual traits that men bring to the body of Christ. Joining us today is Brother Matt Wooters, SJ, a Jesuit brother who served in our archdiocese and all over the country as he fulfills his vocation to care for those who are in the greatest need. We'll hear about all the ways that religious brothers serve our church and how you might support vocations to religious life. Brother Matt, it's a joy to be chatting with you today. Patrick, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, let's start off with the basics of brotherhood. And, and here's where I give my first admission. I didn't actually realize that there were Jesuit brothers. So when I heard that you were going to be on the program, I had to do some research here. So what are what are some of the defining characteristics of Jesuit brothers? Well, so that's a, you make a great point. Um, I also didn't know there were Jesuit brothers until I met one. And I think that, that <laughs> okay. kind of speaks to our vocation. Historically, the brothers uh, cared for the earthly um, concerns so the priest could do the sacramental ministry. Now, in the history of the Society of Jesus, you know, the largest missionary order in the world, that frequently meant, um, you know, building the actual church with stones or being bakers and cooks. And so it, it freed the priest to, to care for souls, and, and, we, and we would kind of care for the earthly matters so the mission could carry on. It looks a little different now. I, <laughs> I'm not much of an architect or a farmer. Uh, <laughs> and so as a brother now, I, you know, I've consecrated my full life to Christ, through the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And and there's no kind of, just, I don't do sacraments, so there's no sacramental exchange with the people of God. It's just relationship. I offer my full self to, to God's people, and, and that's kind of what I, that's how I hope to build the kingdom in my own little corner of the world. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, that's that's very good. So yeah, give us some insight into that. I mean, how, specifically the mission of the Church, of course, but how how has the ongoing mission of the Jesuits uh been carried out by you since becoming a brother? Yeah, so I, I went through the kind of traditional, we have uh, a comically long formation, uh, as, as most people <laughs> in the Church will, will laugh at, you Jesuits are in school forever, so... Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, St. Ignatius wanted men who were astutely trained, and he wanted us uh, to be able to be professional, uh, in addition to being, you know, on the, on the path to holiness. So many Jesuits have many advanced degrees, and in my own formation as a brother, you know, there's prerequisites to priesthood. Uh, my formation was really formed for me, um, with my gifts and talents in mind, and how best to serve God's people. So I have a master's in social work. I've accompanied migrants, our brothers and sisters on the southern border. I've worked with uh, immigrant communities in, in America and people suffering from addiction and homelessness. And so uh, my, my superiors really thought that that would be a good way for you for me to use my gifts and talents in a unique way. So, of course, I have a, a theology degree as well, but um, a social worker is kind of my, my professional training. Okay. I noticed in your bio, uh, by the way, that you enjoy cold water swimming. Is that Does that enter into your vocation at all there, brother? Pat, uh, Patrick, I, outside of uh, receiving the Eucharist, nothing brings me closer to God. I love... <laughs> In early morning, cold as possible. I like I like a plunge. I like a swim. I like a dip. I like to be uh, drowning in wonder and awe and beauty. And I think I can be a little thick headed. So so the good Lord uses very cold water to bring me back to Himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. I don't want to I don't want this conversation to devolve too far. But I will say that a friend of mine who also enjoys cold water swimming got me into Lake Superior at one point where the water was, I think, around 44 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. It was, 
it was in, invigorating, and I lasted about hmm, three seconds, I think. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> and that was in the middle of July. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, this may be an obvious question, uh, brother, but um, since we're, we're focusing really on brothers as a whole for uh, Religious Brothers Day on May 1st, so... Um, you already mentioned, obviously, differences, some difference between being a brother and a priest. But what does maybe the day-to-day look like? What's the day-to-day difference between maybe a brother and a priest? And what are some of the priests, and what are some of the similarities? Yeah, so in my, in my, in my Jesuit life and community, so I live with 15 men. Um, some are priests, some are on the way to priesthood. We all, as Jesuits, are, are religious, so we live together. In our house, you know, we're all first names, so titles aren't used in the house, so we're all kind of equals. We have the same vows, poverty, chastity, and obedience. And maybe uh, uh, an image that might help people is kind of uh, doctor or nurse, right? So both in the medical field, both work side by side, and both attend to people differently. And in some ways, if you ask Pope Francis, <laughs> uh, nurses can, can tend to know the stories of people a little better. Doctors got to rush to the next patient. And, and that's, that's, a, that's an image I sometimes use for religious uh, brothers and sisters. You know, religious sisters are kind of our, our peers who also don't do sacraments, but accompany God's people in a profound and um, interpersonal kind of way. So, okay. th- honestly, I, I, you know, I wear a, the clerics, like Jesuit brothers wear, wear the Roman collar, so yeah, yeah. most people call me father when they see me in the airport or whatever, and, you know, I just say they answer to it because I don't want to get into it when I'm, you know, getting a subway or whatever. Uh, <laughs> right, but, right, yeah. Uh, so from the outside, it looks very similar. Um, it's more a matter of how do you want to give your life to God, and that's what I talk to the young men that I work with who are thinking about becoming a brother, um, do you feel called to the sacraments or not? And I think that's a real true calling. And okay. I honestly, I've been Catholic my whole life. I've been, I've been in Catholic school through kindergarten, through two graduate degrees, and I've never felt called to, to be um, administering the sacraments. I really love being in the pews with pe- the people of God, and, and that's kind of how I view my vocation, as somebody who walks alongside you, not necessarily in front of you leading the way. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, uh, tell us a little bit more about your own uh, your own vocational journey. Like, uh, how did you first realize that you might be called to this? So I, I met some Jesuits when I, I went to a Jesuit high school outside of Washington, D.C., and I was really struck by their humor and their, and their intelligence at first. Of course, their piety, um, but I liked how they could could talk about current events, but also talk about things of profound depth. They had something that I wanted, and I think that's, a good sign of a start of a vocation. If you see a little spark in someone, like, I want what they have. Like, what's going on there? And really what they have is, you know, a relationship with Jesus Christ. But my, you know, 13-year-old brain didn't know that. I just thought they were smart and cool. Uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there was a seed planted there. And uh, I, went to, I went to a Jesuit college, John Carroll University in Cleveland, Ohio, and had great friends there. And I was not the kind of kid, you know, God bless them, the, the, the young man who at the age of six, know they want to become priests. I wanted to become a fireman. You know, I didn't, I had no intention right. of this. Um, and, and once again, it was through relationships and, and, and what brought me joy. Um, after college, I was a missionary. I was a Jesuit volunteer, a, a lay missionary in, in Central America for two years. Wow. And what I noticed about that time is I really liked who I was in that space. I was working very close with the, with the economically poor. I was living simply. I was praying a lot. I was going to church. So as I was discerning what was next, I was taking all that data. Okay, when did I feel like I was my best self? How can I do more of that? Who are these men that inspire me? And kind of a light bulb went off. I was applying to actually to <laughs> theology graduate schools. 
And I was like, how do I carry some of this? And this light bulb went off. I was like, well, you know, you can do this forever. <laughs> there is a way to, to do all these things that you like. <laughs> so, Yeah, I think that's great. And it's a great, uh, yeah, it's a great kind of, I guess it's a catalyst to those who might be considering this. And, and if that comes as a, you know, as a, as a positive thing and say some, yeah, I could do this for the rest of my life. I think that's great. That's right. And I'm grateful for your yes. Well, outline for us a little bit of your interaction with our local church in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Yeah. So I owe a great deal of my vocation to, um, to MSP. I, the, our, our Jesuit novitiate is there, um, right across from St. Thomas More. So my first two years as a Jesuit, really learning, what it meant to be a Jesuit, not to think about it, but actually enter the novitiate. So I entered with 15 men, and um, it was quite a large class, and we, we worked around the arch. So um, I taught English um, to adult le- language learners, I think mostly Somali refugees. Um, that was really powerful. I, I was at the Listening House in downtown St. Paul, which is, a, which is a homeless drop-in center. And that was kind of, that wasn't even ministry, Patrick. I really just liked being in that space. Like I, the listening house for those listeners who haven't heard of it, it's, it, you know, there, there are places for the unhoused to get food and there's places for them to sleep, but there isn't always places for them to like hang out. And, and I'm really struck by that idea that like part of human flourishing also involves like reading a book and playing chess and like, that's what you and I do when we're not at work, you know? And so I right. think um, I liked being in relationship with um, a lot of people. I met a lot of people on the streets in, in St. Paul, and the listening house was a real catalyst for my vocation of how I wanted to be um, Christ in the world. You know, I wanted to be a companion on the journey. We are speaking with Brother Matt Wooters, who's the uh, a Jesuit brother. He has served in, in our archdiocese, he was just saying, but also all over the country, and it sounds like in other areas of the world as well. And uh, brother, just what are some of the things we, you would say are like this is this is a part of my ministry or something that you were led to do? And I think you've already mentioned some of these, but uh, that that just it made you light up. Like this was something that is mm-hmm. particularly memorable in all the things that you've done. That's a great question. I I think working uh, with young students has been really fun for me. I I think um, where are they, wherever they are in the world, like, you know, I've, I worked in schools in Detroit and. I taught Sunday school at Ascension Parish in, in uh, Minneapolis, and I think kids are just, I think they're so fun and funny, and I think their questions are amazing, and I think it can um, destabilize, you know, those of us who are like professional, religious, and whatever, you know, like, does God have a mom, and does, does God yeah. have a God? I love these questions, because they come from such a place of, of real curiosity and a desire to learn, um, and I always, <laughs> any priest listening, I always joke that, you know, like, priests get all these degrees and doctorates and whatnot, especially Jesuits. Uh, but sometimes they can't preach to children. And I always, mm. I always make, it always makes me smirk. Like if you can't explain this to children, then we got, we got to reform our formation. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, working with kids is amazing. And um, also any space where I can be my full self. I, I had this, Patrick, I had this lie. I told myself or the evil spirit told me that I would have to change who I was to become a Jesuit. And, and that's really hasn't been the case that, that God wants all of us. God wants all of our gifts and talents. And, you know, something as silly as my, my love of swimming and cold water swimming. Yeah. You know, I did a fundraiser for, for a poor school that we run, and we raised a ton of money. And never in my life did I think I would be using my, my worldly gifts and talents for, for God's glory. And, and that's what God wants. God doesn't want just the churchy parts of us. God wants our whole hearts and, and our passions. So yeah. that's, been a, that's been a real gift. 
beautiful, brother. That that's so true, and it's so it's so wonderful, and it's a great reminder for all of us too. Is that, uh, yeah, God wants all of us. He He wants who we are, um, not just who we are on say Sunday mornings, but He wants us all. Uh, what we right. enjoy doing, and yeah, very good. Well, what's what are you doing now? What's your current role? So I'm on the vocations team for the for the Midwest province of the Jesuits. So our province are our kind of geographical boundaries with which um, Minneapolis-St. Paul falls within. So our the Midwest province goes from uh, Ohio, Cleveland, all the way over through the Dakotas down to Kentucky. So wow. uh, I, I'm currently um, on tour with my companion, Father Eric Emmel, and we are giving talks on the Eucharist, on spiritual exercises. We just had, we were blessed to have the relics of Carlo Acutis, uh, one of the newest and most popular blessings of um, soon-to-be saints in the church. And I'm working with young people and asking big questions. Uh, What do you want to do with your life? Um, Whose are you? And and, and what do we owe in response to that that great love we've been given? I'm really interested in the broadness of vocation, Patrick. You know, your own vocation as, you know, a family man and a communicator, I'm in I'm interested in all of us pursuing our vocation uh, joyfully. And for some people, that's to be a parent, to be a teacher, whatever, religious, single. I think there's a lot of ways to do it. And and I think we do God an injustice when we make that small, when we make Mm -hmm. that vocation just a capital V with, you know, those of us in these funny, um, uncomfortable black outfits. Yeah, I would I would say that you're right on there. And that's a it's again, a great reminder. Thank you for that. So. Since you're working in uh, with the vocations team for the Midwest Jesuits, what about what would you say? I'm, I'm there may just be somebody who's listening right now, or somebody who's related to somebody who's listening uh, listening um, that might say, "I'm I'm I'm a little bit curious. I want to know more." What would you say? I would say, be brave. Ask questions. Go to the website. You know, be a Jesuit dot org. Look around. See what you like. Um, I think sometimes people think. If you have a little flutter in your belly, if you, if you hear some of my stories, some of the stories of our great saint, St. Francis Xavier, you know, Miguel Pro, like we have this litany of almost 200 saints in, in the Society of Jesus that are so inspiring, but they can also feel far away. Like, well, I'm a normal guy. Like, <laughs> how am I supposed to compete with these guys? And uh, that's kind of the wrong way of proceeding. I would say just notice uh, what excites you mm-hmm. and what do you need? Where do you need to learn more information? You know, um, People who are married actually frequently understand vocation better than other people. Uh, but I think, Patrick, are you married? Are, are you I am. Married man? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So, yeah, at some point, you and your wife, uh, you, you were maybe dating, and, and then you had to make a jump. You, like, I can't continue the way I'm proceeding. I can't live my life without you. And that's kind of the move for, for the Society of Jesus, too, or entering all religious life. There's a, there's a flutter in the belly, and then there's a point of, there's a jump where you got to make a jump, and it's so scary, and... It's kind of confirmed is this faith, this faith movement, um, and maybe it works out, and maybe it doesn't, but it's worth trying. And I think that's what I encourage young men to to think about: is is God calling you to, to holy boldness? And I think God is. And uh, with young people right now, I'm on college campuses all the time, and I always tell them, you know, we have this like Netflixification of our life, right? You go to watch Netflix with your family, and you spend more time scrolling than you do picking a show, <laughs> early side. Yeah. And so Good sometimes point. we can we can scroll through our social media and you can think of options. I could go to this graduate school or I could marry that person. But we got to pick a choice. Discernment leads to a decision. So do all the discerning you need. And I'm happy to be a discernment conversation partner for anyone listening. But at some point, you got to jump. And that's what God wants for us. 
Brother Matt Wooters, I'm afraid we're out of time, but man, I would love to have you on again. I'd love to speak with you again. You, I can, I can hear the joy in your voice, brother, and that's the sign <laughs> of so a, much, this a yeah, it's thing. a sign of a lived vocation. I mean, there's living, living out what the becoming the the man that God has created you to be. So that's a wonderful Amen. thing. Thank Amen. you so much for being on the program, and again, look forward to perhaps talking to you again sometime in the future. That'd be great, Patrick. Thanks so much. God bless. God bless you. Well, the website specifically for the Society of Jesus is beajesuit.org if you're interested in that. You can always go to our Archdiocesan Vocations page as well, which is 10,000, the number 10,000vocations.org. When we return, Paul, Cami, and I are sharing about some spiritually enriching opportunities happening this next week. Don't go away. Don't go away.